Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend God's love. Um, We are excited to announce a new way of connecting with our members and guests. We are now using Linktree. Uh, This allows us to connect to all the online information about our church, the giving of tithes and offerings, along with our social media platforms all in one place. When you scan the QR code, which I think is in the bulletin, okay, great, Um, if you scan it with your phone on your your camera's phone, uh, you can get a short link when clicked, navigate to a web page with a list of every link you would need to know concerning our church. Um, If you're a guest today, welcome. We ask that you scan the QR code and click on the link provided, and then there's a menu for first-time guests. So thank you for giving that a try. Um, Reminder, the nursery's open today if you need it. Um, Our senior pastor, Reverend Alex Shipman, is out of the pulpit today, so we welcome our assistant pastor, Amos Williams, to our pulpit. Thank you for being here. Um, At the Village Church, we believe the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. You may give to the vision and mission of the church by scanning the QR code and using the menu entitled TVC Giving. This will direct you to the link on our webpage, or you can mail a check to our physical address, or after the service, you can drop your offering in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary right back there. Um, Today, there are classes for First Steps, which is nursery-age children, um, village kids, and youth. Uh, Please see the back of our worship guide for the spring schedule for the kids' classes. Um, Also, after the worship service, the adults will meet here in the sanctuary for a sermon discussion. And last but not least, our Enter the Village class taught by the elders and church leaders is a class taught periodically throughout the year where you can learn more about the Village Church. There is a sign-up sheet located on the Information Center desk by the front doors where you can indicate your interest in taking this class. Okay, thank you, everyone. That's your morning announcement. Good morning. Let's take a few moments here to um, prepare our hearts and minds or begin to prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Let's take a few moments of silence.
His name is Jesus. He is the beautiful one. He is the righteous one. He's the captain of angel armies. And we've been created to give him glory, to make his name great, to make him famous. That's what we've been put here to do. Our call to worship this morning is taken from the song, How Majestic Is Your Name. Please join with me where it says congregation. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh, Lord, we praise your name. Oh, Lord, we magnify your name. Prince of peace, mighty God. Oh, Lord, God almighty. Please be seated. Good morning, y'all. To quote Lyle Lee, you all look beautiful this morning. Every one of you. I'm so glad that you're all here with us, particularly our guests today. Let's uh, enter into a time of prayer. Oh, Father God, you are majestic. It is your name. It is your character. We give you glory, but our voices are not high enough to give you the glory that you deserve. Father, the other morning I was out and I saw the planets aligned and the sun coming up and I just thought, how great you are. And yet that is such a small part of the creation that you've done. You spoke with a word in everything. all for your glory. Father, you're the lifter of our head when we're down. You are our rock when we feel like we can't go on anymore. You're our strong tower where we can come and seek refuge in you. There's nothing you cannot do. Father, we just thank you that you're our redeemer, you're our sanctifier, you're our resurrector, you're our glorifier. You are everything that we need and more. So, Father, we come here, we gather here, our spirits come together and lift up in songs of praise to you, the author and creator of our faith and the finisher of all that there is. Father, may your spirit touch our hearts. May you draw us into the very presence of the Holy of Holies where you are here today. That we may know you and love you and enjoy you more and more each and every day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our confession of sin comes from Romans 8.5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Let's just spend a couple of moments in silent confession of our sins committed or sins of omission this week.
Amen. Our assurance of pardon comes from also Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, no, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Thanks be to God. jumping in today to the Old Testament book of Joshua. Something happened several thousand years ago. Moses led people through the Red Sea after 40 years, and then his time had come. God called him home. So that's where we pick up in Joshua 1 today. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over the, this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm going to give to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that your, the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the new the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen and amen.
Well, uh, I'm going to echo uh, Richard and my brother Lyle. It's good to see y'all this morning looking beautiful, as you do. And uh, we're excited to be up here this morning. A um, couple things. <clears throat> uh, we're going to pray in a second. A couple things before we get started. Um, my sinuses have been giving me the blues for about two weeks. So excuse the sound of my voice. Y'all can probably hear that I sound very nasally. I promise you, if you are a visitor, I don't normally sound like this. You know what I mean? Uh, And uh, second thing, um, uh, hopefully one day soon, uh, I know you guys don't probably don't see me around as much as you all used to. Um, And many of you know that is because I'm being commissioned by this church to to plant another church, to plant a daughter church of this church. So hopefully uh, one day soon I'll be able to come before you guys and kind of give you an update and report about what's happening with that. And so um, with that, um, let's go ahead and uh, go to go before our Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, you have been good to us. You give us so much. We don't deserve any of it. God, I'm reminded that your word calls you a God who is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. You keep steadfast love for thousands. You forgive iniquity and transgression and sin, uh, but you are a God who will by no means clear the guilty. So God, since that is your character, we put our hope, we put our faith and our trust in the covenant-keeping God. Lord, you dwell among us by the power of your Holy Spirit. So you know all of the things. You know our needs. You know our wants, our thoughts, our deepest desires. You are acquainted uh, with our sin. You are acquainted with our heartbreak and with our heartache. But I'm reminded that Psalm 34 tells us that You are a God who is near the brokenhearted. That means that you care about everything that is happening in our lives and in our world at large. And so, Lord, first I want to thank you. (laughs) I want to thank you for being good. I want to thank you for your common grace that all people who are made in the image of God get to experience. Because we're not as bad as we could be. But, Lord, there is another reality that as we wake up every morning to your new mercies, we also understand that there is a reality of suffering and pain and hurt and death and heartache. And it's because of sin. And, Lord, in this moment, I pray that you would forgive us collectively of our sins, that you would forgive us of our sins of commission and our sins of omission. 
Lord, I pray that you would give us as the village church a heart and a passion to see men and women repent of their sins and turn to you. God, I pray for the leaders of this church. I pray that we would serve through a heart of service, through the same heart with which you served us, through a heart of love with which you loved us. God, I pray for each family and individual in this church. God, I pray that as your word tells us, that you would be near to us and that we would draw near to you. Help us to know that we can run to a God who has it all under control. Nothing surprises you, God. Lord, I pray for this city, this community. I pray for every other faithful church for every other faithful pastor who will stand and proclaim the gospel on this morning i pray that it would that it would fall on fertile ground and that people would be called to faith and repentance in light of the gospel lord i pray for churches that are not faithful i pray that they would turn in faith and repentance to you and that they would proclaim a true gospel Lord, I pray for the covenant children of this church. I pray that as we disciple them and as we bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord, that they would come to possess all of the covenant promises that you have given to them. Lord, I pray that you would save all of our children at an early age and that you would keep them in your hand. This is a crazy world that we live in. So, Lord, I pray that you would protect them. Lord, I pray for marriages. I pray that we would be a church who reflects Ephesians 5, a church of men and women, husbands and wives, who husbands who love their wives as Christ loved the church and laid his life down for her. And that wives would be wives who would love and respect their husbands. I also pray that we would reflect Ephesians 6 as families. That we would not provoke our children to anger, but we would bring them up in the discipline and instruction of God, I pray for our country, our our government. I pray for this world, God. It seems that the world is at an inflection point, at at a moment in history like none other. But God, it doesn't surprise you. So I pray that you would bring comfort for the people in Ukraine. Please, God, by your sovereign hand, stop this war. Stop the death. Stop the calamity. Stop the hand of evil, Lord. Lord, I even pray for the leaders of Russia that they would bow the knee. 
We know you can do it because we've seen you do it time and time again. The pharaohs in Egypt, King Nebuchadnezzar, the kings of Babylon, the kings of Persia, the kings of the Roman empires. You sit rulers and authorities. So God, we trust you. God, I pray as I close this prayer that we would be a people who live lives of of repentance. Who live lives as sons and daughters and not as orphans. We thank you for saving us and keeping us. It is now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that I do pray and give thanks. My good people, the text that we're going to be unpacking today has already been read. Uh, Joshua chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Joshua 1. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 9. And I do want to thank our deacons because I can already feel the air doing its thing because it was quite hot in here so thank y'all for your service to our body uh, deacons april 4th um is a very i'm gonna go ahead and call it special it's a very unique and special day for me Um, it's one of the times of year um, that I kind of struggle the most with uh, my faith, with my mental health, um, with a lot of different things. It's It's a unique time of year for me. So April 4th, on April 4th of 2016, we laid my mother to rest um, after a long struggle with complications from diabetes. April 4th is also um, one of my nephew's birthday, actually. Uh, One of my closest nephews, because he actually grew up in the house with me. Um, April 4th is also my grandmother's birthday. Two relatives who have birthdays on April 4th. I promise I'm going somewhere with this, y'all. But I just want to kind of bare my soul for a second. <clears throat> so, also, something quite unique if you know your history, uh, something quite unique happened also on April 4th. Um, April 4th. 1968. So on April 4th, 1968, my grandmother, her name uh, was Bobby Sue Davis. She celebrated her 24th birthday. And her birthday began just like any other normal day, I'm sure. I'm sure if my late grandmother were here, she would tell you that she woke up, she brushed her teeth, she bathed. 
and got my mom and her, my uncles and aunts, got them ready uh, for the day and went about her regular routine. But later that day, something happened, something very significant happened on my grandmother's 21st, 24th birthday, rather, the pages of history were altered forever. And on this same day, my grandmother's 24th birthday in 1968, there was a gunshot heard around the world. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was brutally assassinated at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. I can imagine that as news began to spread that this great gospel preacher and civil rights advocate, that he had been gunned down, one of the many questions on people's minds was, what are we going to do now? Now that the leader the advocate, the, the face of the civil rights movement has been ripped from us. He's been taken from us and brutally murdered before our eyes. What are we going to do now? As the book of Joshua opens, Moses, the leader of the people of Israel, who led them out of Egypt and led them during their time in the wilderness, he's dead. He has just died. Moses has been buried by the Lord, and I'm sure that the question on a lot of the minds of the people of Israel was, what are we going to do now? Now that our leader is dead, what in the world are we going to do? Now, thankfully, God had a plan, and the mantle of leadership was passed to Joshua. Joshua was commissioned by Moses in Numbers 27 as a leader when God saw that Joshua was a man filled with the Spirit of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 38, after Israel rebelled against God, Joshua was chosen by God to lead Israel into the land of inheritance, into the promised land. Now, although Joshua is a pivotal character in this story, in our passage today, Joshua is not the focal point. God is the main character in our passage today. God has made promises to His people, he made promises to uh, the fathers of Israel, who we call the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He has made promises to them, and he intends to keep his promises because he is a covenant-keeping God. In Genesis 15, God promised Abraham that he would give him offspring and that this offspring would inherit a land of their own. They would not be wanderers in other lands forever. Now, it is God's character 
his covenant love and his covenant faithfulness that are on display in our passage today in the book of Joshua. And in Deuteronomy chapter 34, as God comes to Moses and gives him the new tablets of stones after he had broken the first Yahweh, God, descended in a cloud and proclaimed the name of the Lord. That means Yahweh preached a sermon to Moses on the mountain. And this is what um, God said to Moses. I quote this verse. This is one of my favorite verses of all time. This is what God says to Moses. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generations. Now, because this is God's character and because God's because God abounds in steadfast love and faithfulness, God has given us his spirit so we as the people of God can be strong and courageous as we live our lives in light of the gospel. Let me say that again. God has given us his spirit so that you and I can be strong and courageous as we live our lives in light of the gospel of Christ. So in this passage, God's sovereignty is displayed. One of the themes of the book of Joshua, as you kind of trace some of the themes of the book of Joshua, one of the themes is that Yahweh, God, is a divine warrior who fights on behalf of the people of Israel. But if God is doing all the fighting, why does God tell Joshua in our passage to be strong and very courageous. If God is fighting on behalf of Israel, why then should Joshua be strong and very courageous? Joshua already had a reputation for being strong and courageous. Also, this command to be strong and courageous had already been given to him in Deuteronomy Chapter 31, verse 23, because when we are introduced to Joshua, we are introduced to Joshua as a strong and courageous leader. He is Moses's right hand man. He is Moses's assistant. And even when Moses's own brother, Aaron, went astray, it was Joshua right there being faithful, strong and courageous. In Exodus 17, Joshua is a mighty warrior who fights the armies of Amalek. In Numbers 13, Moses sends 12 spies to scout out the land of Canaan and commands them to be of good courage, which is a similar command to be strong and very courageous. And after seeing that the land was good, but it was inhabited by Nephilim or giants, only Joshua and Caleb trusted God to give the land into the hands of the people of Israel. 
So according to the track record of scripture, Joshua has always been a bold and courageous man. And if this is who Joshua has been all along, then why, again, did God tell him to be strong and very courageous? So God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous for two reasons. First, he tells Joshua to be strong and very courageous so that Joshua will continue to be who God has called him and made him to be. The scriptures show us that Joshua, again, trusted God. And as the newly selected leader of the people of Israel, it was not time for Joshua to try new tricks and new techniques. If y'all know me, y'all know that I'm a big boxing fan. So, yes, I'm about to give a sports analogy. I'm reminded of the first fight between Sugar Ray Leonard and another boxer named Roberto Duran. Some of y'all have no idea who either of those people are. Um, Who they are is not integral to the story, but the punchline, you'll get it. But in their first fight, Roberto Duran got into Sugar Ray Leonard's head. He got him off his game. He was able to make Sugar Ray Leonard change his style. Duran turned Sugar Ray Leonard into a brawler, instead of a world-class boxer. So Sugar Ray Leonard lost the fight. And after the fight, it was like recorded. So we know that this happened. After the fight, Sugar Ray Leonard said to himself, I don't lose. He was an undefeated boxer. He said, I don't lose. So how in the world did I lose this fight? He realized in that moment that he had been drawn away from who he was. So in their second and third fight, Sugar Ray Leonard kept his identity instead of being someone he wasn't. Subsequently, he was victorious. And So in our passage, God is telling Joshua to be strong and very courageous because that is his identity. That is who the faithfulness of God has made Joshua to be. So God wanted Joshua to stick to what had been working for him as the newly selected leader of Israel. The second reason, although Joshua was a leader, he had never been the sole leader of God's chosen people. So this was uncharted territory for Joshua. So this command to be strong and very courageous also served as an encouragement for Joshua as well. Some of the best advice you can give someone as they take on a new role or as they get into uncharted territory is to trust the training that you've received. Now, y'all military guys in here, y'all know what I'm talking about. That When you get out on the field, the training kicks in. Remember your training. And so Joshua witnessed all of the ups and downs of leading people as he watched Moses lead and love the people of Israel out of Egypt and into the wilderness. So God here is encouraging Joshua to be strong and very courageous as he leads Israel into the land of promise 
Because by telling Joshua to be strong and very courageous, God is reminding Joshua of his faithfulness to keep his covenant promises. Now, I'm reminded of a time uh, when I was growing up. I grew up in the hood, y'all. I mean the hood. hood. If, and just as an aside, I've heard it said that there's no such thing as third world poor in the United States. Come to where I grew up. That was for free. (laughs) And so the neighborhood that I grew up in, it was really, it was horrible. And there were always stray dogs running around. And they weren't ever like the nice dogs. Like it wasn't, it wasn't ever like poodles. You know, it was always the vicious breeds like chihuahuas, you know. And, and, and pit bulls and Dobermans and Rottweilers, like legit. <laughs> and, and Chihuahuas, man, there's something else. Tear your ankles up. <laughs> so growing up, we would take walks and, and bike rides around the neighborhood. And my dad would always tell us, if a dog attacks us, don't get scared and run just stand behind me, and even though you may be scared, I won't let anything happen to you if you trust in me. So similarly, in our passage here, God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous and to not be frightened or dismayed because he, because God is with Joshua wherever he goes. And I'm reminded of a scripture that says, if God is for you, who can be against you? I like the way my dad says it. My dad's a a Baptist preacher. He says, if God is for you, then he's more than the whole world against you. And so that's an encouragement for Joshua as he becomes the newly selected leader of the people of Israel, to be strong and courageous. So my brothers and sisters, Village Church, Faithful, and and our guests, what does this all mean for us? Now, Village Church, Faithful, it's, it's no secret that our church is coming out of some pretty dark times. We know this. The last few years have been some of the roughest years in the history of this church. And some of us may actually feel unsure of exactly where the Lord is going to lead us. So the question for a lot of us here today is what are we going to do now? And my encouragement to you is the same encouragement that Yahweh God gives to Joshua. My brothers and sisters, be strong and very courageous because God is faithful. And just as the people of Israel wondered, I'm sure that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, his disciples wondered, The same question, what are we going to do now? As they saw him marched 
up Golgotha and hung on a cross. As they saw him die, as they saw him pierced in his side, they, they, they must have wondered, what are we going to do now? Because the disciples had gone chips all in on a carpenter from Nazareth. And now he was dead. And I always paint this analogy. If you're from Alabama, you know what I'm talking about. This would be like putting all of your hope and all of your faith and all of your dreams in a plumber from Coleman. Y'all get what I'm saying? And the disciples had gone all in on Jesus. Some of them had left family. Some of them had left successful jobs. Some of them had left everything to follow this carpenter from Nazareth. And he was dead. And along with his death, all of their dreams died. All of their hopes died right along with him. Pastor Alex made this perfectly clear to us last week as he preached a great Easter sermon for us. That everything they had imagined Jesus being came to an end because he was dead. But thankfully, as we know, brothers and sisters, our God is faithful to keep his promises. And at the third day, the Lord Jesus raised from the grave and he declared that all authority was his. So my brothers and sisters, as we go through this life, we can be strong and courageous because the covenant-keeping God of the universe is faithful. When we couldn't be strong and courageous, the Lord Jesus was strong and courageous for us. So when you fear, when you doubt, Take hope and take trust in the strength and the courage of the sovereign God of the universe. And all of this comes with a promise for us, his children. That if we live strong and courageous lives, there's a promise. There was a promise for the people of Israel. There was a promise for Joshua that if he was strong and courageous, the Lord would be with him wherever he went. That Um, No one would be able to stand against Joshua. But for us, as the new covenant people of God, there's a promise for us as well. And that promise is that one day we will also have a land. We will also possess a place of our own. We will be with God forever and ever. There there won't be any more Russia and Ukraine. There won't be any more Israel and Palestine. There won't be any more black versus white. There won't be any more Republican versus Democrat. There won't be any more me against you. we'll live 
eternally gazing upon our God who has saved and who has given us everything that he promised. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you thank you that you are a God who keeps covenant. That when we don't feel strong and very courageous, your spirit is strong and courageous on our behalf. And Lord, help us by your spirit to do exactly what you called Joshua to do in those moments when we don't feel it. Help us to be strong and very courageous because you're with us. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory and honor. It's in Jesus' name that I pray and give thanks. Amen.
receive the Lord's benediction. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of his eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Please greet one another. Thank <laughs> you.